Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Both of them sketchy and sometimes slow. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Hey, real quick. Congratulations in our Minnesota United sweet tickets giveaway from the 9 o'clock hour where we had Jamie Watson come in. We, we streamed on Facebook Live, and he asked a trivia question, which is how many times at TCF Bank Stadium have Minnesota United FC games drawn more than the capacity for the new stadium, Allianz Field, mm-hmm. which is 19,500? The answer was eight. Anders K, Brad H, Greg L, Corey W, and Gary B. We've been in contact with them. Thank you for your correct answers, and congratulations. You're going to watch some uh, professional soccer. Sweet Saturday night. On Saturday. It'll be You're going to be there? I'll be there, yes. Hanging out with noted soccer connoisseur Judd Zolgad. I love the sport. Noted beer connoisseur Judd Zolgad. I love the beer, too. I'm sure we'll have a few Surleys or something like that. All right, Dave. Let's do some questions. Let's start with the Twins, who are about to get things going for one last game in the Bronx to wrap up the series and wrap up the road trip. And, hey, maybe get at least one win out of those. That would be super forecasted for me, boys. Specifically, the guy you're looking at right now, Kyle Gibson, number 44. Oh, great. What does the line look like at the end of this ball game for Kyle Gibson following... <laughs> Oh, three pitchers who lasted like a total of six innings combined, roughly, give or take. Oh, I got this one. Yeah, um, could you? Four and a third. Really? That's a long start compared to the rest of them. Four and a third, uh, eight hits, five runs, four earned, four walks, three strikeouts. There you go. That's your Kyle Gibson line. And by the that's, way... That's a classic laboring and, Kyle Gibson and by line the way, right there. Gibby will be included in my write that down predictions for the Friday show. Ooh. Because I see something coming like and I see tease. it very clearly. Wow. Like I'll write that tease. down. So, you know what? We're, I'm going to give Gibby some credit before I tear him down here. Just because. So, Gibby... what? What is the, the look Kyle Gibson look. right now? The Kyle, the Kyle Gibson look. The look of, I don't know how this happened to me. How did I get hit hard again? <laughs> Mouth again. Judd turns and like, gives me this like vacant look. But I'm that's like, the what Kyle, you, what, you're seeing it, the, Kyle, the Kyle Gibson look. It's always this, I don't know how this happened to me. I don't know how I got hit hard again. Did you see my stuff? Yeah, Kyle, I saw your stuff. That's the problem. Okay, but here's the unfairness. He's actually, he's been... I think having been able to work with some new, you know, the front office has come in and they've and they've definitely beefed up the scouting for pitchers. And he's actually missing more bats this season and last 
September and August than he's missed at any point in his career. So, like, they're doing something to get Kyle Kyle Gibson to generate more swings and misses. Of course, the problem is he still is he's still falling behind in counts and giving up hits. Um, so I'm I'm going to say against this lineup, I mean, you might get some strikeouts because they do this lineup will strike out, but four and a third is a little optimistic to me. I'm going to go three and a third. <laughs> I think it's I think it's six hits, most of them loud. He's going to strike out. In those three and a third, he's going to strike out five. So he's going to keep that strikeout rate right at a all right a nice yeah. little uh, you know batter per inning. Yep. And he's going to I don't know. He's going to give up. I think it's five runs in three and a third. All of them earned. Very much earned. <laughs> very deserving of and all five runs charged against him. He'll walk a couple guys too, but he'll get, he'll he'll go in there and his mission will be I'm going to throw the ball over the plate because that's what we haven't done against the Yankees. We're going to throw it over the plate, and they're going to punish him. And he'll have that confused look again. In the post game. Yes. You guys are on the draft coverage tonight here on 1500 ESPN. Cleveland Browns with pick number one, boys. And there's certainly no consensus. Josh Allen, perhaps. That's what Mel's been saying. McShay, we just had that mock saying Sam Darnold will be the guy. The rumors this morning were that maybe it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Who knows? And there's Josh Rosen, but I guess he's just too smart to be a number one pick. If you were running the Browns, what would be your number one pick? And since you aren't running the Browns, and they are the Browns, who will their number one pick be? So their number one pick is going to be the only guy that, as a guy who does, I don't watch, you know, I'm not a draft Nick. And and so this is very unscientific, but if you can only complete 56% of your passes in like with mostly crappy competition in the Mountain West or whatever yeah. we play in. Like, come on, man. So no, I they're gonna pick Josh Allen, but I, he's got a howitzer for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're gonna they're gonna pick Josh Allen. That's the only guy that I probably wouldn't consider number one overall. But you know, who am I to judge? But the it doesn't really matter who they pick. It's probably gonna be a disaster because it's the Browns. I think they should pick Josh Rosen. And I can't believe that the narrative is he might be too confident or cocky or smart. Like, don't you? Okay, let's cross-reference pretty much every successful quarterback in the Peyton Manning era. Name me, from Russell Wilson to Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, name me a successful Aaron Rodgers, top starting quarterback that wasn't cocky or that came off like he was above everybody else to some degree. Like, hasn't that been a huge problem with certain players in the Seattle locker room that Russell Wilson, he's just like... You know, he's carrying himself. Yeah, because he's smart and he's awesome. So, like, all the qualities that they're ripping Josh Rosen for, they don't really make sense to me. Uh, Although, I think Dark Horse, only because of what he posted on social media yesterday, is Baker Mayfield. That might have swayed me. Oh, my God, the the Favre Jorts reenactment photo. If I was on the fence, I think I would now pick Baker Mayfield just because of that photo he posted on the Internet. Uh, I'm with Phil. If I had to pick, it would be Rosen, but it's going to be... Mayfield, and because Cleveland takes him, it's going to blow up. I think if you put if you if Baker Mayfield was taken by the right team, I think he'd have a fighting chance if he joined an infrastructure that was strong. And Cleveland's getting better, but it's going to get screwy there. And so they're going they're going to take Baker Mayfield, and by week eight, they're going to see him in a bar on a Saturday night with his shirt off dancing. <laughs> In a place that's got some drugs loosely floating around it, and it's just all going to blow up again because it always blows up on the Cleveland Browns while wearing the Brett Favre jorts. Yeah, exactly. While wearing the Brett Favre. Exactly. Jorts. Sub question: So yeah. you say Allen, Phil? That's, that's who they. You should. say Mayfield? That's yeah. who they will pick. Yes. How long do they last in the league? 
Uh, Mayfield lasts um, two years in Cleveland and uh, four years in the league. If Blaine Gabbert is still getting work in the NFL, I'm confident eight plus years for wow. for Josh Allen. Really? I mean, Blaine even after Gabbert. starting in Cleveland, that's tough. It yeah, is. That's a it is tough, but there's nowhere to go but up for Cleveland. Right. You know, if their quarterback can make it eight years in the league, forget about whether he's a starter or a star. Just like hold a clipboard in eight years, and it's a success. Josh show. Rosen's just too smart, though. That's all we know. Judd, I know it was always your dream when you were writing for the Star Tribune to be able to write your own headlines. Luckily, you get to do that now for the website. Zolgad, comma, or colon, I know better than the rest of you. (laughs) Colon, and then something else. Yes, excuse me. Because I can write as long as I want. The headline can be as long as it as it can My column. Possible, yeah. So I'm going to let you do a headline, however, not just for the website. I'm going to let you offer a headline to the Star Tribune and Pioneer Press for tomorrow morning's Vikings coverage. Gentlemen. Oh, I hate this idea. Yes. Forecast what will be happening tonight and what will the headline say? I, I really think it's going to be... Well, gonna, oh, you go first. They're going to trade Sorry. out, though. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think yeah, it's going to be, be nothing. kind of like a little bit of a sleazy photo of Rick with like a couple buttons undone with a big smile. Some chest hair, maybe? I think he shaves it. Okay. So it'll All be right. maybe oiled up. And it'll just be the classic Trader Rick. Trader Rick. Yeah. He he picked up two extra picks to get... Well, he picked up the one in the second round, you know, and then he... So he'll have nine total picks. And Judd and I are going to sit in this studio... Anchoring local coverage mixed in with the national coverage, and we're going to wind up being here until 11 o'clock, only to <laughs> yep. find out that the Vikings have traded back to tomorrow. The Vikings so. got three picks, though, and it's going to be a really exciting Saturday, sports fans, yes. It's going to be boring, so it's not going to be... There's going to be like um, some boring he- headline about how they're being patient or something. How or, confident are you on the idea that it's a trade? I'm ex- percentage extremely confident. 50-plus percent. Uh, yeah, 80 for me. If things remain as they, they are, unless somebody falls to them that they absolutely love, because he's not at 10 picks yet, and the man is obsessed with getting 10 picks. Uh, I think really there's, there's a couple other ones that come to mind, too, here. I think if if they were to draft, like McShay says, the local kid, Frank Ragnow, you could go with the kind of the cliched, like, to be Frank, you know, like, to be Frank. Or if they were to go with Billy Price, I think, <laughs> like, is- just the price is right across... The Star Tribune. That's brilliant. The Dave, pr- what would you put? Price. The price is right. If it's Billy Price, what would you put? Well, I, I feel like like this question was asked to be thrown back at you. No, it wasn't so at all. Us. I mean, if it was so I feel. Rag now, maybe you could go with, you know, Super Bowl, question mark, homeboy. Wow. From home. Yeah, it's, that's I'm, not I'm bad. I'm wearing a Super Bowl homeboy shirt right yes, now. Yes, you are. That's, that's a classic good, one that's we had shirt. for 52. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have a whole headline for Billy Price. Yeah, I could tell you some of the research that would go into the story. About you know having him as a selection, yeah, sure Jimmy. You, would you like to hear some of that? I'm sure, you could. Are you aware? He gets his notes. Judd I didn't pouring, realize. Judd's pouring kerosene all over his body right now. I didn't realize. You know, a lot of guys now, you know, young people all over, but especially football players, linemen. You'll see the tattoos, you know, on the arms, maybe in the hole down the sleeve deal. Yeah, for sure. He doesn't have any tattoos. At least not that I can see in any of the photos or videos I've watched on his arms. Anyway, maybe he has one, you know, hiding somewhere on his back. But yeah. I don't see any tattoos, and the reason is. Never wanted to mark up the price. I want to mark. Mark. I want to mark. Mark. The question was completely asked so that you could drop that line in. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Not a stranger to the weight room. 
Yeah. He had to get a lot bigger in high school. He wasn't all that big going in, but man, he is a big boy now. He really jacked up the price. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. <laughs> His parents used to own a restaurant. <laughs> I say used to because they had to close it. The food wasn't bad, but it was just a little bit too pricey. I want a mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! I can keep going. No, that's okay. Matthew Collar next. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Drafting the quarterback, drafting the quarterback. Unless they're too smart. Then you don't want them. No. You're too smart, son. I love how we want our quarterbacks to be alphas. We want them to be leaders, but not too much. Like, not there's a sweet spot there. You can't be too much. Uh, all right. Vikings draft number 30 tonight. Late in the evening, or they trade out, and we'll do it again tomorrow. You can find all of the draft coverage that your heart desires on 1500 ESPN Airwaves, where we're going to take... We're going to take the entire national feed, so you're going to get everything that uh, that you would get with the, the great ESPN radio coverage, and then you and I, Judd, are going to break in, I don't know, a couple times an hour, do a little, like, four or five-minute, whatever it is, local updates. We're going to check in with Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin from the Vikings practice facility. So look for a Purple Podcast uh, in the next 24 hours. Look for coverage on 1500ESPN.com. Have you slept yet? Matthew Collar? Oh, no, Have no, you no. just been, I, I've been bathing eating, in mashed potatoes? Eating and, Frosted Flakes and watching Frank Rag now. Yes. That's all I've been doing. And not liking people. Because and, if you don't like people, you're a good guard. Yeah, I read I read that. And that one didn't stick out to me as much as the guy with the oily hips. I love the guy with the oily hips. What I think that, that was like, uh, Denzel Ward, who's from Ohio State. He has okay. the oily hips. But uh, if you watch... Will Hernandez, then you understand what Mike Mayock is talking about. He really doesn't seem to like people very much. He's one of, I think, Vikings draft Twitter's favorite guys because he is so mean and nasty. And the fact that he's a really good athlete at 345 pounds is pretty attractive yeah. overall. You know, I, the, the reason why I'm probably a little more excited for this draft than other drafts is because it's completely wide open from mm-hmm. the number one mm-hmm. pick what could happen. I mean, you've got credible people who have... You know, inside sources, and you've heard like three different quarterbacks for number one overall. And so, whatever happens up top, and then like for the Vikings in a much less exciting way, because we're talking about mostly offensive linemen or maybe, you know, like a cornerback, there's probably six or seven different offensive linemen you could conceivably see the Vikings taking or another position late in the draft. There's just a lot of intrigue and unknown tonight. Definitely. I, I came up with five different scenarios that I think analysts and Vikings fans alike would agree and give the Vikings a really good grade on. I mean, that's how open it is. It yeah. isn't one of those things where you say, if we don't come out of the first round with X, like a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, then I, then we're going to be upset. In this case... If you don't draft a guard because some of the better ones go off of the board, Frank Ragnow might end up going at like 20 now I mean, because his stock has just grown so much. And Hernandez, there's a lot of people that like a 345-pound nasty guard, right? So if those guys get taken, then there's still a second tier that's pretty good. But then the Vikings will have other options. Would they take a cornerback that potentially dropped? Would they take even a safety from your draft utopia mock? Not that safety, I don't think. That would Hold really surprise what, me. From which, from which website again? Draft, draft Utopia, you said? That, that's what I, I mentioned. The Utopia <laughs> of sports. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, have you heard about Billy Price? <laughs> no. 
See, you see know, what you just opened up? You know, can that, of worms. So in the second round, it, let's say you took one of those guys, a corner, a defensive tackle, that would open you up <laughs> to potentially corn. get Billy Price no, in the kidding. second round. What do you think of that, Dave? <laughs> Did you know that he? I mean, he's a twin. I think a lot of people know that, certainly. Uh, he's got a twin brother. But his parents were surprised. They didn't know they that mom was carrying twins. So they had the birth, and all of a sudden, there's two? It's double the price. I want a mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Uh, Mackie and Judd, comma, which was on the air for five years before being canceled, comma, is being replaced by Hot Country. And because they didn't know, they were only prepared with one name at the hospital. So dad said, you know what, mom? Name your price. I want a mock. Mock. Harrigan, comma, 32. Zolgad was arrested on Thursday. Harrigan has joined the iHeart family once again. Harrigan is like literally passed out. Ba- <laughs> I need a price check. Oh, no. I want a mock. Okay. okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, anyways. All right. All oh, right. my um, goodness gracious. Um, back to the conversation. So that does open the door. <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe it would be the right price at thirty wow. to uh, get someone else. <laughs> I was going to say you're Billy a man. Price. You're yeah. a man prone to the puns himself. I, I do appreciate it, uh, but you have a couple of three technique defensive tackles that would be really interesting here. That Mike Zimmer might look at as someone who could make an impact right away, but also down the road. Uh, I know that 2018 is kind of an all-in season, but. You know, we see these draft picks. Sometimes they're a huge boom like Marshawn Lattimore, or sometimes they're a huge bust like Laquan Treadwell. So I don't think that teams generally, except for at the very top, look at these guys like it's the missing piece. It's the only thing we need. They do expect that if it's a top guard, they can plug them in and play them right away. But a lot of times it's looking down the road a bit because players need development. Defensive tackles need development. And so if you had a Duran Payne or Maurice Hurst is interesting out of Michigan because he's got this heart issue. And I don't know the medical situation there. That they, he participated in his pro day, he's been cleared to play football. But then the rumors are that he was going to be a first round pick, maybe even mid first, and he might drop down because teams are worried about spending that type of draft capital with a guy with a, a heart issue. But there's also Taven Bryan too, who's out of Florida. And if those one of those two guys is there, that might be a tough decision for Mike Zimmer to not take them, knowing that Sheldon Richardson is really on a one year deal. And then at corner, they only have three guys who have played in the NFL before right now at cornerback. And Terrence Newman's status totally up in the air, got no answers on that the other day. So that that's always a possibility, too, that they could look at, well, we need depth, we don't have a nickel right now, and we also don't know the long-term future of Trey Waynes. So it's with us, it's always, what can we fill right now? And with the team, I think they say, okay, well, that's true, but maybe we could fill that position in the second, and we're looking down the road, too, at the same time. So how many players do you think, or positions, uh, would they not pass up if they're? Because I, I still think that Spielman wants to trade the pick, ideally, mm-hmm. and get more picks. But how many positions and or certain players do you think would be impossible for them to pass up? The, the hardest one for me to figure out is the tight end and how much they like Dallas Goddard because he could be there at 30. Interesting. That's the one I'm not sure about, uh-huh. and it sounds like they've got a lot of interest in him, but they also might want to roll the dice and see if he's around in the second round instead um, because he did go to a small school, and even though he dominated, that might hurt his stock a little bit. The I think cornerback is one where there are three or four guys that are so 
good in this draft that are not the the top guy, but still very, very strong, that might be a position Mike Zimmer said a bunch of times where it's just you can never have too many of those guys. And you win by passing and stopping the pass. And Mike Zimmer knows that, at least uh, with the stopping the pass part. So, So corner, three technique would be tough. Other than that, though... I don't know of another position. I mean, the safety is interesting because Andrew Sandejo is going to turn 31 soon, and I think he probably peaked last year with his best career year, and that it would give you a little more flexibility. There are some guys in this draft, Justin Reed from Stanford is one of them, who are not just safeties but also nickel corners. That That's what they've done in college. They've played a little bit of everything. Yeah. And Reed runs like a 4-4. And he would be a guy that you could maybe try at nickel corner to see how he worked out there and then would have flexibility. And that's where I think defenses are headed in the future is where you have positionally flexible players, kind of like the NBA, where you have safeties who move up and play linebacker in certain situations, drop back to safety in other situations, or guys who play safety and then nickel corner in in different spots. And Justin Reed is one of those. That might be another guy that that's out there. But I, I still think overwhelmingly it's offensive line at thirty or trade down yeah. would be if I mean, you were divvying up the percentages. And not that you'd want to overreact to you know to one game and say that well this one game should dictate what we do in the draft. But if there was one overriding difference between the Eagles and the Vikings, it wasn't like the creative play calling necessarily or the trick play. It was just the trenches were dominated by mm-hmm. the Eagles. Your offensive line couldn't hold up. There was, I mean, the pressure on Case Keenum that led to the interception that led to a, the, the turnaround of the entire game. So if I'm the Vikings in a win-now window, spending $30 million on a quarterback, yes, I want to have a mind toward two, three years out if I know that I'm going to need a quarterback long-term. But if my goal is to win the Super Bowl this year, and I think a guy like if Will Hernandez is on the board, and I think he could plug in as a rookie right now and help me beat a team like the Eagles on mm-hmm. the road or be better on the road in general, I would lean that way and I would prioritize that way. I, I would too. And right now you have no one to play there and you'd be kind of getting the best of both worlds. That's why they could look at Connor Williams, the tackle from Texas too, because that would kind of be like multiply faceted in a good way that he has potential to be a tackle, but he could plug right in at a guard. So he's quick enough, and he's got the athleticism and the toughness to play guard, and he's a good enough run blocker, but then maybe you develop him and try to have him eventually take over for Mike Remmers. He's a guy that I think is on their radar as well. But you know, I think the biggest sleeper for this, because you bring up the Eagles, the biggest sleeper position is edge rusher for the first-round pick. Because there's a guy out of Ohio State that's interesting, Sam Hubbard, who had great productivity at a very high level. The Vikings seem to love these Big Ten guys from Ohio State and Michigan, places like that, Iowa. And you know, when you look at Philadelphia, they took an edge rusher in the first round last year. And I think a lot of us went like, oh, really? I mean, I know that's a luxury pick because you got it for Sam Bradford, but really? Derek Barnett? Okay, all right, I mean, I guess. And then, guess who's coming through big in the playoffs for them, and they seem to have an extra burst on their side all the way through the playoffs because guys were more rested. And Everson Griffin said the other day that he tore his plantar fascia last year. I mean, they didn't reveal that at the time, but I I think that was the first time it had been mentioned, and he continued to play with that through the whole second half of the year. That's ridiculous. Right, it's bananas. And the, the, the fact that they had no one else to help him out and give him a rest, that he was still playing 95% of snaps, I mean, I don't think they want to have that again. If one of those two guys is banged up off the edge, they... Unless Tashawn Bauer, unless Steven Weatherly, one of those two guys emerges, they really didn't last year, 
that could be the shocker pick, but would still be justifiable if you have one of the two better prospects. Yeah. Uh, Let's come back. Let's talk about the ridiculous controversy that popped up this morning. It's like a very new problem in the last 10 years for college kids who are about to be drafted. And we can talk more from a Vikings perspective. Matthew Collar here from 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Yeah, screw those guys. I don't even like them. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Come on! Football! Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it! Football. You want to draft good football players, which you want to draft. And, and that's what we're going to do. You know, the trade thing, I know everybody talks about wanting to trade up, trade down. There's always, I've had four calls over the last two days. I love that. He's, four. Four Rick, calls. Rick Spielman's pre-draft press conference every year is like he, how he casually slips in his agenda. Uh, somebody could ask about, so Rick, um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, you know how it is with those omelets. I mean, I'm eating my omelet, and my, and my phone rings nine times, and uh, you know, people want to trade up. They just want to trade up, so we're gonna we're open for business. Uh, I was chuckling to myself a bit when he was like asked something that had nothing to do with anything, and went with, and you know, we might not pick a guard. Yeah, he was like, yeah. So you're picking a guard? <laughs> oh, like, I know. Like, you're gonna pick a guard. Sorry, right? sorry, man, but now I'm really thinking you pick a guard. Rick does. <laughs> Rick always does at least two things at, at that press conference. Number one is he thanks a list of people. You know, oh, yeah, I like to yeah. thank Scott Studwell and Coach Zimmer and blah blah blah. And then he inevitably will tell you the the exact uh, phone call list that he's gotten. I got five phone calls. I got uh, six. And it's uh, always this exact number of, I got this number of phone calls. And you're like, hey, Rick, you use this. Just give me the information. You Rick, it's a script. You use it every year. It's the same script. Now, there was a new twist this year because they're at the TCO Performance Center, or uh, what is it? Pat calls it Taj, Taj Mazigi. Yeah. Well, I think so, the stadium is the Taj Mazigi, oh, right? What's the, there's Taj another Taj Mazigi 2. Okay. Okay. So uh, out, out at the Xanadu of practice facilities there, that they put in this draft board, uh, and we went and saw it. It's no longer magnetic. No longer magnetic. And I would say it's about like just the board itself, twice as long as this studio goes at least. And you can click on every guy, and then his highlights come up, and you can click and slide and drag and everything. And it is pretty cool. I mean, I wish I had my own. In fact, <laughs> it's I'm being built right just now. Trying to yeah. work with the wife a little bit here to budget and put in my I mean, own. Why draft can't we board have our own draft in my house? I've got the football computer already. Uh, I got the goalposts in the backyard and drafted the fastest dog. So you know, I've got those things. But he spent. <laughs> probably eight minutes talking about this draft board. He's like, I don't have to walk as far. And it's just, it saved us so much time. We we scouted 76 extra players because we didn't have to make out the little magnet things. Is it like when, (laughs) when like Vanna White went from having to turn the blocks on Wheel of Fortune to being able to touch them? And people were like, well, what, like, do we even need Vanna White anymore? Just like anyone could just touch the screen. She's still around? Or they have like a new Vanna? No, she's still around. Hang in there. She's still doing it? Like, yeah. She's still looks I mean from that distance anyways like she's 35 I mean how old is Vanna White now she's got to be in her 60s right 60 sure I don't know how this conversation turned to Vanna White but yeah the draft board seems awesome 
Yes. That winter park. And you want one. The I, well, the, the funniest part is just how, 61. how much he yeah. spent on it. Like how much time he was. It was like, all right, I know I'm going to be up here for about 20 minutes. So if I could just kill most of that talking about the <laughs> yeah. draft board, I'm going to. And and that's how it goes. I don't know. I, I kind of have fun trying to parse through the comments and figure out which way they're going. But it, I mean, if you're going on record, if you were making you guys pie chart for what percentages you think could go each direction, 60% of that chart starts with off offensive line and it would in any year where you don't have a right guard but especially this year there are four guys that I would say are top level prospects beyond the the top one which is Quentin Nelson so he's going to be gone early from Notre Dame but you have guys like uh, James Daniels from Iowa Will Hernandez we talked about Frank Ragnow the Minnesota kid from Arkansas I was watching him the other night against Alabama and he played right guard in that game and he moves well and he is physical and he's just always balanced and one of the things you look for when you watch these guys is like is he get is he getting knocked back does it seem like he's a little off balance it's almost like playing defense in the NBA where like our guys crossing him over and he's out of his shoes or, or does it look like he's always in control and and this guy does and he's also a top-notch athlete and you know people make fun of the combine but when you go through the combine results all time and you look at the right things that correlate to success it's usually the best athletes that are turning out to be the superstar level players, and then you have some outliers. So Ragnow turns out is a, is a very good athlete as well, and if he's on the board there, that ends up being a great pick. So it's almost like the Vikings have this chance where there's three, four different guys that are all on the exact same level, and maybe it's just scheme fit that they decide on. But you go into this as a Vikings fan, feeling like. Gosh, you almost can't mess this up. I, I mean, you you always Uh-oh. can in the draft. You always can in the draft. It's a dangerous thing to say for the Vikings, I know Vikings, it is. Matthew. You always can in the draft. I just mean from a, the perspective of your logic here. Yeah. For sure. If any of those four guys are there, and maybe even Connor Williams is in that conversation, the, the fourth guy being Isaiah Wynn, who I really like from Georgia. Uh, let me ask you guys this. You're Matthew Collar's hanging out with us. Uh, you can find all, We're going to have full draft coverage on the airwaves and in podcast form on our website starting after the ride with Royce tonight. The story comes out this morning, and this this isn't my favorite incriminating story on the day of the draft. I think the guy, Laramie Tunsil, who had the Batman bong mask from like two uh, yeah, or three years yeah. ago, that Ga- was the best mask. one. The gas mask. Yes, like <laughs> yes. that was awesome. Yep. He looked like Bane from those Christian Bale Batman movies. And my favorite part of that was where I was working at that time in Buffalo. We had a guy who... Um, Let's say he occasionally indulged in certain activities who, for that day, became the expert on the topic. (laughs) Oh, see, that's very valuable then. Yes. Yes. So that could contribute. So that story was like the best recent, oh, something incriminating came out about you on the day Mm -hmm. of the draft. Well, Josh Allen, who might be the number one overall pick, depending on what the Browns do, apparently his agent and handlers are idiots and didn't tell him to delete all posts on social media from like the last six months going backwards. So people found tweets from 2012 and 13 where he uses the N-word a number of times. Uh, Another one that says, why are you so white? If it ain't white, it ain't right. So again, he's 21 now. He was like 15 or 16 when Mm -hmm. these tweets were sent out. So people are idiots when they're 15 or 16. People are idiots when they're 21 and 41. But to like... 
to have to answer to those things is such a new phenomenon because of social media that really no other generation had to deal with. Yeah, and I think all of us put ourselves in those shoes that you and I especially feel are around the same age where we were just discovering social media, but like in our teens and then into college. Yeah. And the most social media we had was AOL Messenger, but that was much more controlled and it would just... It's like texting, but yeah, on the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like blasted out to everybody. It was just between you and that person and that could still get you in trouble if somebody pulled the copy and paste it was between you and long ball 21 yeah right right that's right yeah and and so you know i think a lot of us of our age look at it and go oh man if we had that loaded gun in our hands we probably would have shot ourselves in the face a few times too (laughs) the same time man it certainly isn't a very good look it doesn't help him in any locker rooms to have tweets that involve anything that comes across is racist for sure. I mean, there are a lot of guys in a locker room that have different views on things, but the one thing I think we found, especially with the chip Kelly issue where chip Kelly had the player Riley Cooper, who was on tape saying the N word at somebody at a concert. And then they didn't cut him. It basically was the beginning of the end of chip Kelly's career because everybody in that locker room went, are you serious? You're going to let a guy, and, and and there might be some people on his new team that say, look, I know you were 15, but hey, a lot of people were 15 and not tweeting out stuff that, were, that was racist. So yeah. where do you come from? You now have to come into a locker room and prove. And your quarterback. Right, pro- right, exactly, the number one leadership yeah. position. So now you've got to prove to these people that that isn't who you are now and you were just being a jackass as a kid, but that might be tough. The conspiracy that- the theory here is what I find intriguing, though, and it's this. All right, so w- when was this tweet found? By whom? Because the this stuff, there's always at least one guy who gets something about his past put, put out the day of the draft, basically. So, like, was this found three months ago by a team that wants this guy to fall? Yeah, that's, this, what, I, that's what I was thinking. Was this found? Because it's all, there's no way, there's no way that like in the last two days, someone's like, hey, yeah. look, look at his Twitter account. And like for, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I guess just to go back to like what I said at the beginning, if I'm an agent or a handler for potentially the top pick in the draft, one of my responsibilities is to think about all the ways in which my client could be knocked down a peg. So if that's like, a drill at the combine that I don't want him participating in. Okay, I need to make maybe he shouldn't participate in that. If it's social media posts, like it's amazing that his handlers wouldn't take care of that. But to what you're saying, everyone else is thinking about. Oh, let's go. Let's go back in his past. So, mm-hmm. so why did this just come out today? And is it is it a team at number five or number ten that wants him to fall an extra three or four picks? So it's it's more convenient for them to trade up. Exactly. That's a really good question. It, it might be a scheme, and I guess that's just a new sort of wrinkle to what we have to deal with in 2018 and, and what these teams and, and sort of the lengths that the teams would go to because you <laughs> might be sabotaging yourself there if you draft a guy that had some racist tweets from whenever and you put him in the locker room and immediately no one buys into him because they all saw the story and trust me they all know what's going on all the time so if they all saw the story that might sabotage your own guy that you used it against him to trade up yeah. for so i think that if some if a team did do that your logic is a little backwards let's make our franchise quarterback that we want look like the worst guy i think there was another dave brought this up before the show wasn't there another player recently that was just tweeting juvenile things like i like boobs oh trubisky. Uh, Mitch trubisky. trubisky yeah, yeah that was trubisky so last just, like, year tweeting random things yes. he's like 15 I years old I believe he enjoyed kissing certain areas 
Yes. And executives are like, we do too. That's you a, just moved that's up a, on our yeah, draft I was going to say, that's why the Bears took him because up. of it. The Bears are like, this is great. We love this guy. Right. Everyone was surprised he went so high, but it was like, oh, that, then you saw the tweet and you know why. And I, I really struggle with this topic because somebody's got racist tweets that they had out there that aren't just quoting rap lyrics. Yeah. That was the kid from Villanova was quoting rap lyrics. And you're like, ah. yeah. But if you're saying stuff that comes across, if it ain't white, it ain't right. It ain't like, that, and it's not cow, that long dude. ago. Right. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, what, what what is that? Right. It's not that long ago. And you were old enough to at least have some sort of rational thought. Is So is that is that how you were raised? Is that right. where you're coming from? And now you're just putting on sort of a facade, but that's who you really are. And But I also want to pull back and say every single person at 15, I mean, this is why there's a difference in the law between being charged as an adult and a charged as a juvenile because we give you some acknowledgement that your brain is not fully formed yet. Yes. All right. Just, let's just just for fun here. If you were the Browns, I know that you you study the draft a lot more than uh, me and Judd. Quarterbacks can be crapshoots. We actually we had a segment maybe four years ago where we did the research on if you're the number one quarterback taken versus number two, three, and four, and yeah. so on, and the percentage chance that you pan out to be uh, a franchise guy. And like it's it's like seventy five percent of the number one quarterback taken in a draft turns out to be a like a really good you know Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Once you get to like third, fourth, fifth quarterback off the board and so forth, it's basically bust in backup territory. So if there's five quarterbacks that get taken in this first round, three are going to be backups or busts. Uh-huh. Maybe two are going to pan out. Who would you take number one? I would take Josh Rosen number one. Me too. Yeah, because of his personality, but also his tape is just really good. I mean, there are few, very few guys that have the footwork like he does, the execution like he does of NFL concepts, NFL throws. And Mayfield does concern me enough to want to go Rosen. He does concern me with his personality and how he's going to deal with criticism and pressure, how mature he can be. That does make me worry a little bit. If it doesn't work well right away, do we end up with a meltdown from him? Or you know, does his personality play into his success? It's, it's really impossible to tell because there are other guys who had personality issues. I mean, John Elway is certainly one who was talked about as being, you know, arrogant and the whole I'm going to play baseball thing. Yeah, and forces were out of Baltimore before he ever played right, there. Eli Manning got shredded for what he pulled, and then he wins two Super Bowls, and he's like the classiest quarterback ever. So, I don't know. And, and a lot of quarterbacks are jerks, but um, Mayfield's does concern me enough because of how he got rattled at times, and I that's where I would wonder about. Rosen seems to have taken all this criticism and his personality questions and really rolled with it. Um, but those two guys are close for me. If I'm Cleveland, though, so this is like a weird opinion because I think Rosen is number one, but if I was Cleveland, I'd take Mayfield number one. The reason is that Mayfield's numbers are so historically great and everything, all the analytics, all the deeper dives, the accuracy, everything, that if I didn't take him with those numbers and the other guy turned out to be a bust and he was great, I just couldn't forgive myself. So it's a weird opinion that I think Rosen's going to be the best, and I would pick him, but if I was Cleveland, I would pick Mayfield. And Darnold is the one that's the hardest to project because he's really young. But he also turns the ball over like crazy, and I just can't think that that's a really good thing if you do that in college. Doesn't the, doesn't the Mayfield pick for Cleveland, though, with that franchise scare you? Like, if you yep, plopped him does. into the right system and the right culture and team, I'm all for it. Yeah. Cleveland's not really the right place. That's why, I mean, it's almost why Josh Rosen makes even more sense for Cleveland because I mean, he's going to come in and just have he's going to have a different attitude that doesn't maybe get sucked into that right. culture. We have to take a break. 
Um, Collar's hanging out with us here. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And the Godfather has spoken when we come back. Mackie and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On 1500 ESPN. Northern Invasion returns to Somerset Amphitheater May 12th and 13th with a bigger and better lineup than ever. The lineup includes Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, and more. This year's festival promises over 12 hours of music per day on three stages. For more details and the ticket and camping options, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. I want to mock! Mock! Kind of sad. Kind of sad, gentlemen. Although I suppose we could Why? do like second round mocks tomorrow. Yeah. But this is the last of our first round NFL mock drafts Till Monday. for 2018. Until we start pulling the 2019 ones on, on Monday, Monday morning. Yeah. yeah, so we'll be in good shape. But it's the end of the season. It's kind of sad right now. No? I understand where you're coming from, but yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to New Year's oh. Day, which is Monday nice. when it comes to Monday. Day three, sure. though. Day three is the day. Day that, three? That's ABC, when, uh, baby. That's when the all real day. mocks come the out. The real grinders. Uh-huh. You've been putting in that work all year. Well, here is the Godfather mock himself, Mel Kuyper. Oh, the hair. Version 53.7. This is his final mock draft. All right, I'm nervous. <laughs> Number one of the Cleveland Browns. Baker Brief. Mayfield. There you okay, go. Yeah. He's got Baker Mayfield going number one. I love one. how he waited, outweighed everybody else so he could see what was reported in the morning about who was going number what one. What Schefter like, said. Oh, yeah. I got it. Yep. 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 He even cites Adam Schefter in his write-up. You heard it from Adam Schefter this morning. Baker to Cleveland is all the talk. Number two to the Giants. Godfather Mock Mel Kuyper has Saquon Barkley. He's got Sam Darnold going to the Jets at number three. Browns jumping back in with Bradley Chubb at four. I'm going to skip around here a little bit. Josh Allen to the Broncos at five. Uh, Let's see here. My favorite offensive lineman name in the draft, Mike McGlinchey, going to the Raiders at 10. Yeah. He's got Josh Rosen to the Bills at 12. Mm. And then Lamar Jackson going to the Cardinals at 15. So five quarterbacks in the top 15. And then number 30, Godfather Mock, Mel Kuyper, to the Minnesota Vikings. Interior offensive lineman from Iowa, James oh, Daniels. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Mel Kuyper writes, I thought about cornerback for Minnesota's already loaded defense, but Daniels fits a need as a plug-and-play guard. The, Collar, yeah, you've yeah. watched film on him, haven't I, you? I have, yeah. And he is... Like really lanky, like he's six foot four, but he's got these crazy long arms, and he's really smart and really quick off the snap. So he's a center, which that could mean he would move over to guard, or it could mean even Pat Elfline, who was a dominant guard himself, could slide over there. I think Zimmer would go with the best combination. But there was a play that really stuck out to me where James Daniels snaps the ball, the defensive tackle is over his right shoulder, he somehow quickly gets his left shoulder on that guy to turn him and then out to the second level to crush the linebacker and drive him back for a big running play. It was like, okay, that's exactly the type of thing that the Vikings need. Football! I really oh, love yeah, football. football. Yes. But he's a lanky kid. Huh? Come on. Yes, but athletic too. Football. Athletic and lanky? Athletic, I'm getting lanky, very excited right now. smart, leadership, character. That's why a lot of people have said that he's going to go even higher than that. Football. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 
he he fits he fits really well with their scheme. He was my number one guy when I did the five linemen that would fit best for their scheme. He oh, was not num- Hernandez. He was number one. You not, know, okay. Not this is the rare year I think when you're an NFL fan and you're and you're rooting your team on in the draft. You're always kind of leaning toward explosive skill position player or or quarterback, right? It's like running back, receiver, quarterback, or maybe big time playmaking tight end. And this is the first time in a long time where I think. The consensus, like 90% of Vikings fans are rooting for the full meat and potatoes experience, right? Just give me yeah, a guard. Take a, take a line. Yes. There, there seems to be a specific appreciation in this market for the O-line. Like, like people are just really into it, and it was almost like a personal affront <laughs> because of 2016. Yeah, that's like, why like, it wasn't a front. This is not what the Minnesota Vikings do. They do not have a trash offensive line like this. And, and Elf Line became like a fan favorite. Hey, I wouldn't the, be surprised. The fact, to see that they, the fact that they hadn't drafted a lineman in that long. We finally said, yeah. okay, Rick, just yeah. take one. By the way, the- I called up the day after the draft, Pat Elfline, the new fan favorite center, and these guys laughed at me. What do you think Yeah, now, write huh? that down. That's right. Pat yeah. Elfline will be the man, yeah. right, Dave? <laughs> Pat and Elfline. Yes, that's it. They'll uh, be the man. Uh, if you want to hear more of uh, Dave's Billy Price one-liners, you can probably follow him on Twitter when the Vikings draft him tonight, late in the first round. Plenty more tomorrow. 1,500 ESPN draft coverage all throughout the night tonight, all platforms. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.